Put him in the aisle. Gets a shotgun snap. Final play of the game. Ron waiting for the wideouts to get downfield. Launches the throw down toward the goal line. Going up. Ball tipped in the air. Caught. Touchdown. Jordan Westerkamp. Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest. Oh, baby. Side back to throw is Martinez. Now being chased, throws it out. A flat Burkhead makes a catch. Sits a tackle. 25 20, 15 10, 5. Rex Burkhead. Touchdown, Nebraska. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining me here. Zach here with Church of the Corn. Just my lonesome tonight. The uh, boys got some things going on. I think Drake's got a game, and Fitz has something going on with his kids. So, just me. National Signing Day, finally. So, you know, not a not a super um, exciting day from a bad standpoint, I guess. Um, you know, Matt Rule and his coaching staff have handled the transition um, to being the head coach in Nebraska about as well as you possibly could. The guys that he's got working with him and underneath him are constantly out there. I mean, if, if anyone fails at this job, it's not going to be for a lack of effort. You know, Um, they've done a tremendous job and they've just kind of hit the ground running. It's been, it's, it's been really impressive that um, they've been able to bring a lot of the guys that they're able to bring in with this staff or with this class. A lot of guys that weren't even on the radar for the most part until rule and staff were brought on. So today, this is insane. They brought on 39 new scholarship players from high school, JUCO, and then the transfer. 39 new scholarship players, which means you're going to see massive amounts of influx of talent, if you will. The staff knows what they want to do. They want to have athletes out there that they can mold and, and kind of construct and build through the methodology or, or, you know, basically how they want to train the bodies. They know what they want these guys to do. They just need the balls of clay to get here in Lincoln to do it. And, um, that's that's the the impressive thing is they've taken a lot of really raw guys um, and essentially what they're telling these guys are obviously here in Nebraska we we don't have a proven track record as of yet but here's a body type like yours with similar measurables here's what we're able to do with them here's how we're able to essentially developed them previously. So I think that's a huge thing with this staff um, is is just being able to push that development angle because you've got some freak athletes in this class, like Malachi Coleman, um, you know, Smith Flores, hell of an athlete, Uh, Eric Fields, underrated guy, but explosive as hell. Bryce Turner, speeder, speed burner, um, you got Jalen Lloyd, 
Barnes, uh, the commit from Colorado, long kid, uh, very athletic. Jeremiah Charles jumps out of the gym. So you've got freak, freak speed coming in. You know, rule said he, he's coached fast guys. Um, I, I I just need to find a spot to put that fast guy. It, it was it, it's tremendous what they've been able to do. Um, you know, from uh, one of the quotes on Husker Online, you know, rule knows his work's just started. Says we're not going to celebrate working hard. We're going to celebrate ourselves for having a purpose to help young people have better lives. You know, I had Buckeye Fett reach out to me, and he said, you know, you can tell that Matt Matt Rule is a genuine dude who loves where he's at and the task he's got in front of him. You can tell he actually wants to be here, and it, it's not a chore to be the head coach in Lincoln. Now, granted, he's been here for two months, going on three months. He, he's been here a very short amount of time, but he hasn't taken any missteps, essentially. The one thing that you could say was a, in quotation, misstep would be possibly losing Rouse, but what can you do with that? That situation is what it is, and it was a crazy recruiting flip. So that is what it is, but that Rule hasn't made a misstep yet. Uh, you know, if he can just continue – with their plan and kind of what they want to do, which is essentially overall upgrade in, in speed and I would say size on, on, on roster. It's going to be fun to watch what this class can do. I mean, Nebraska last year was heavy in the transfer portal as well. And they, you know, they got some really good guys out of there. O'Shawn being the, you know, kind of the crown jewel of the, of the transfer portal. But, they were able to capitalize on last year. They've got some guys that I think are going to be instant impact guys this year. I mean, Billy Kemp, I think that's most likely going to be your number one receiver. Ben Scott is going to be a starting center for you. Uh, Jacob Hood, he'll be in the mix at right tackle, but I don't know how much he presses for playtime. Chief Borders, you need him to be a, an immediate impact edge player. Josh Fleeks, granted, they brought him in because he's a, a guy that's worked with Rule previously, knows knows the culture that Rule's trying to put in place. Yeah, that's why he brought him here, but he's also a hell of a player. His best season was under Matt Rule when Matt Rule was down at Baylor. So, you know, I, I, I'd like to see uh, what he's going to do out of the slot and in the return game. Jeff Sims with um, Thompson and Smothers both out because of shoulder surgeries. Jeff Sims is going to be getting the majority of your snaps. I think he's, I think Sims will be your starter this week. Um, I'm about 51 49 in, in favor of Sims at this point. I think with him getting all the snaps, him getting all the number one quarterback love and attention that he's going to get from the staff. I, I think he'll, he'll develop very well. Eli Judy from uh, Texas A&M 
going to be much needed on the line. Uh, Corey Collier, safety, Sherman at, at that edge spot or, or at that uh, middle linebacker spot, Gilbert at the tight end spot, all guys that need to be immediate impact players this year, and I think they will. And then one I forgot was Marco Ortiz on the, for the long snapper. So, hey, it, it, every spot that this team or, you know, coaching staff found that there was a weakness on the roster, they've fixed it thus far. They've gone offensive line. They've gone defensive line. They've pretty much got someone at every level at this point from the, from the transfer portal. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see if they gel, but it seems like the staff actually has a plan for once where it's recruiting to one cause and knowing, hey, here's the route we're taking. Here's what we want to do. This is step A, step B, step C, step D. It, it's not just because I love using this. Oregon speed with Nebraska power. Well, how are we going to get there? I don't know, but we're going to go Oregon speed, Nebraska power doesn't work if you don't have a plan and i'm i'm guilty as anyone of saying yeah i fell for it so rule seems to have a plan of what he wants to accomplish he knows it's not an overnight flip it's going to take some time you got to build the depth and you got to build the overall athleticism back in strength and conditioning will be huge in that i think we got our guy there so not super concerned with Campbell. He, he seems to know how to be able to bench press a house. So we're good there. Um, I'm going to be really interested to see how that offensive line looks. Because when Eli Hood, um, Jacob Hood, excuse me, um, was was committing to Nebraska, he mentioned that all five spots are open. Now, I think the only one that I've 100% got locked in is that center spot, and I think it's where, that, that's where Scott will be. Other than that, I think the other four are definitely up in the air, to say the least. That's It's not the worst problem to have, considering how they played last year, but I said it many a time, I don't know how much of last year – any offensive line coach in the country would have succeeded because of the mesh or the the head coach and offense coordinator not meshing, excuse me. I don't think anybody would have been successful then. We've seen what happened, unfortunately. Hence the reason Ryle is back and the other two are not. That's that's gonna be the make or break of this season. Um, your defensive line is going to be huge as well, but I feel like you've gotten – you feel better about the defensive line than the offensive line at this point. Personally, that's how I feel. Um, yeah, it's it, – there's just a lot that needs to happen in a short amount of time in some cases. I know it's wishy-washy, but – you know, it's not like under under Frost when it was, hey, we knew we had to get to a certain number or, or the coach gets fired. This staff is going to be here for – they got an eight-year contract, so we'll just say eight years. There's no need to rush into it and go with a, hey, we got we got to go with quick build, but it can burn down tomorrow. Build sustainably through the 
high school ranks, which they did a tremendous job with. But also, you need those immediate impact guys, and I think they got them. But they, they did go, I'd say, decently heavy on the lines. I mean, you got Prince Will, you know, you got Lenhart, you got Noonan, Gatula. I consider Wallen on the line as well. He's an edge player. Van Poppel, who's actually one of my favorite players in this class and a gigantic human being. I don't think he'll seal snaps his freshman year, but it wouldn't 100% shock me if he, if he did, honestly. Uh, Vincent Carroll Jackson, another gigantic but quick kid, 6'5", 270. Big kid, real aggressive hands, good feet. It, it's fun watching it, fun watching his tape. Knutson, you got Sledge as well. You've got Goldman. I mean, you've got guys – and then uh too, excuse me. You've got guys that you can develop. No one should be expecting them to step in as freshmen to get meaningful snaps, if if you will. Now, if you can get them some snaps, awesome. Let's do it. Hopefully that means we're up by 50. But I don't really want to see those guys getting snaps their freshman year. Usually when you've got an offensive lineman going from high school to college, unless they're an absolute freak, that transition usually doesn't go great, and especially in the Big Ten. Um, that That's a tough, tough jump to make. So if you can get those guys in the strength and conditioning program for a year, bulk those guys up from a, let's say, 280 to a 300 or 305, just get them that grown-ass man strength. If you could get them to that point, man, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better about next year's depth and next year's offensive line. Um, just because you'll, you'll have another year, um, I, I think that the staff is, is going to be doing some tremendous things with the uh, 24 class as well. I mean – for the 23 class, it was anywhere from I, I was uh, 23rd to 29th in the country, just depending on where you look, if you will, um, which website. One thing that was interesting is the average recruiting distance was about 590 miles, 589.2 miles. It's They say you want to dominate the 500-mile radius. I would say Nebraska did a pretty damn good job at it. There's, yeah, there, there's a few guys. I think Demetrius Bell could do some things this freshman year. Uh, Jayton Doss is another one. Van Poppel's my guy. I, I would like to see him do something. Um, and I think he will at some point in the year. I could see him um, and even Lenhart, depending on what position Lenhart's going to play. I think will determine on how early or late you see him, just depending on body development. So it, it, it's there's a lot of long body types here, a lot of speed, a lot of strength, a lot of a lot of length. So you, these boys are going to grow, um, and that's another point on Husker Online potential outweighed experience with some twenty twenty three guys. I think we all remember the Matt Rule tweet where it was the the three bunny rabbits. Well, 
in reference to Jeremiah Charles jumping out of the gym and making some absolute insane dunks to the point that he looked over, I think it was to Cooper, and he said, yep, I already know, Coach. Which is, hey, those guys are on the same wavelength. That's exactly what you want with your coaching staff. The, on Husker Online, another one brought up about uh, Xavier Betts and Isaiah Garcia Castaneda getting another shot after the fallout with the previous staff, which, yeah, a lot going on with both of them. Don't really necessarily need to get into it. But I, I love what Rule said. He said, we'll give everybody a chance, let them go through a spring, and then people are going to see the set, see the standards and how we do things. They'll decide if they want to do it or not. That's true. That's exactly how you set up a culture. You don't have to be a fake tough guy. You don't have to make something up. It's just, it's common sense. It's If you guys want to be here, you'll be here for the love of the game, for the love of the university, for the love of the guy to the right and the left hand, for, you, for the love of playing in front of all the, you know, big red nation. If you want to do that, we want you to be here. But if that's not something that you want to buy into, that's fine. There, there, you know, there's other opportunities for you. It's just unfortunately not here, and it's it's kind of a breath of fresh air, in all honesty, with what the last four years have taught us. Is you know, I don't want to say the previous guy wasn't genuine because I feel like he wanted to be here. I do feel like there was a point where, you know, something broke him and different, you know, thoughts there. Nonetheless, it became more of a, you know, having to drag yourself out of bed to hate your job kind of thing. And, you know, once again, Matt Rule hasn't been here that long, but seems like this staff and these coaches want to do this. And I believe that they are smart enough and savvy enough to realize that if they can do something to bring Nebraska back to prominence and get this team back to respectability, you can be legends. You know, just saying it for what it is, if Nebraska ever were to win a national title again or even get to a playoff appearance at top 12, you get a statue up front. I, I assume that's how that goes. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but from what I know, that's what I know. If you can do these things, then tremendous. I mean, you can get paid as much as you want to make. Now, granted, you've got your position coaches who are always going to want to move up. But I honestly feel like that this job can be brought up to something sustainable that I would say should win the being contention for the division every year, win the division every two, three years, um, playing the conference championship, say win one every five years, six years, um, 
I don't think those are unrealistic expectations, but once again, that's not what I'm expecting year one. Um, I, I think it'll be a little bit of a slow burn, and I say that now. Um, I should say slow start, not slow burn. Um, I feel like the team will get it figured out, but it just it may take a little time, uh, meshing of styles. But I feel like this coaching staff is going to do everything that they can to really – mend what they have for talent and scheme and make it work. Um, so it's it's going to be really cool to see what they can do with the schedule next year. It's it's not an unmanageable schedule either. So going to be going to be interesting. I think we will see a lot of new faces. So yeah, what they do with that, um, it, it's going to be an interesting spring. I, I know spring takes just went on sale. I'm pretty sure everyone just went out and bought those bad boys for 10 bucks pop. But I, I, I think it'll be different than the last couple. I think it'll be genuinely full for once. So you might have, have to get your tickets early, but it's uh, – it should be a good one. It it, it feels like feels like there's uh, I guess a renewed excitement for this upcoming season with the coaches we've got and the new players and the peer you know the peer recruiting and general optimism. But I, I want to jump to another story real quick, and then we'll jump back to Nebraska recruiting. It's it's kind of kind of funny. Um, I, this is also on on three. FIU offensive line coach, former Nebraska and UCF assistant Greg Austin, expected to be hired by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, Greg Austin, as well remember, the UCF uh, offensive line coach. 16, 17, and then Nebraska line coach from eighteen to twenty one. He's Florida International University's offensive line coach. And then hired to now his second stint in the NFL. I blamed Austin, I think, as much as anybody. But usually if you're really bad at your job, you don't fail up this well. I'm starting to wonder if maybe Austin wasn't as much the problem as we all thought. And like I said, you usually don't once again, hired on in another power or a, a division one program, FIU, nothing to, I mean, it's not the a plus university, but it's still division one group of five program, I believe. Um, and then hired from there to the NFL. I know the NFL is sometimes a, you know, who do you know league, but that, that's pretty good in my book or my opinion. So I'm wondering if it's maybe uh, maybe we've mis, uh, misplaced the blame the last couple of years, a little bit more than we all thought we did. Just kind of crazy to see that that he's he got hired somewhere else. But also it, it seems like some other guys on that staff have also landed a little bit higher up. Ryan Held. Uh, head coach, I believe, at uh, Kearney now. So, 
good for him. Uh, hope that uh, hope that he does well out there. It's always good to see a guy like that land on his feet. Another kind of crazy story. So the, the uh, Jaden Rashada, um, the thirteen million dollar player that uh, was at Florida and actually signed with Arizona State today. So I wonder what his NIL deal is going to be with them. I would have to imagine it's going to be hefty, but uh, yeah, that, that's it, Oh God damn, such a dumpster fire. But they asked Billy Napier um, to elaborate on the situation. He said, it's not permissible for me to get specific. I think the big thing here, as the dust settles, our focus is preparing our team. The group of players that have joined our team, I wish we could get into specifics, but we're not allowed to. Yeah, I I mean, good for that kid once again. But just the whole insanity with the Florida situation, I... You, d- you never want the NCAA sniffing at your door, and I don't believe it was through the school. It was obviously through a collective, but at a certain point, it's 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 fluid on keep keeping it all separate. I feel like it's 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 pretty tough to keep everything separate, and that does mean it's, it's impossible. But God, dog, it's a gray area. There's uh, looking at the class this year. There's a few players that. So if I had to give everyone a top five for like my impact players, not transfers, I believe the transfers out of this. I would have to say. I wonder what uh, Sua is going to look like getting on campus. Um, he's a pretty good sized kid. He's six four, three hundred pounds. I uh, played at uh, John Presco or Bosco, excuse me, which is a powerhouse program over there in Cali. You know, some, some, I don't want to say weirdness with his recruitment, but yeah, it just had some things going on with his recruitment. Ended up at Nebraska. I mean, good sized kid. I, I feel like he's, he'll be much needed depth this year. Hate saying that, but I feel like he'll be some much needed depth. I would be interested to see if we get anything out of it. Like once again, Carol Jackson on the D line as well. I'd say Doss is my five. I think he's going to have impact on special teams. Same thing with Bell. That'll be my four. I'd go Lenhart at my three. You know, Noonan, I could see screaming down the field on specialist teams, and Wallen's my number one um, impact player in the in the in the class. Uh, JUCO guy, real long, six five, two thirty five. I, th- I shared a video of him, um, his highlight video last week, I believe, and his ability to have violent hands, where he just pops a guy square in the chest, and while he's got him popped out. Rips one way, rips the other way, is but it but is able to essentially control the blocker by preventing the blocker from getting his hands on his pads, 
he's making first contact. So by making that contact, he's controlling the exchange. Does a tremendous job at that. Um, ability to really kind of set his hips as well. Um, create a wide base. And, and, and isn't getting moved on on the defensive line that uh, where he played this last year. Closing speed is pretty damn good, and he's got a good motor. Maybe like a smaller Jay Moore from uh, years ago. Just just a, a, a motor on him. Um, he said he, he's a he's an athletic kid, but. If he can put everything together this year, that's impact player there. I think it was Drake brought up a, a good question with Malachi. Do you put Malachi? Because we all know how athletic he is. Would you keep him at receiver? Would you try to bulk him up to put him at tight end? Or would you move him to the defensive side of the ball and play a linebacker or like an edge player? or even bulking up to a defensive end. I got to say I'm out on the defensive end just because with his frame, you're, you're trying to put essentially 70 pounds on, on a kid that's body's never carried that before. That's not going to go well for his, his frame, his body, if you will. Um, to me, I, I keep him at wide receiver. Getting some college coaching into him, he's got tools that you can't teach. There's not many six foot five, 190 pound kids that run a four three eight and jump over the the throughout you know through the through the gym. They don't grow those on trees. And somehow Nebraska's got one. Now, granted, he's a local kid, but. He's still a freak athlete. Him in a college strength and conditioning program, if we could stash him in the lab for one year and let Campbell get his hands on him and let them really develop him as a as a, as a ball player and get his body developed, I think the sky is the absolute limit for that kid as a redshirt freshman. That means he doesn't he doesn't play outside of those four games this year. Now, whoever this staff plays and is starting, I one hundred percent believe that they fought their asses off and won that job. It's a good problem to have to have every position on the team up for grabs. The staff really doesn't have any allegiance at this point, but to the previous players. But the good thing about that is it was never – this staff has never said, well, those are previous players or those are Frost players, and but these are our guys. No, it's never been the us versus them, which for four years we were still blaming, blaming Riley for, for issues going on with Frost. Um, at least some people were. This staff has just pretty much said these are our guys, and I think it's it's so necessary. And the the amount of camaraderie I've said that before, and just bonding it seems like with this 
staff and their players is is huge and um it's that's that's how you build winning teams um you want guys to want to be around each other you want guys to are willing to fight for the guy to the right and the left because they trust the guy to the right and the left you want the games to be the easy part of the week you want practices to be that hard that games are the easy part of the week games are where you get to show out your skill and show how good you are as a player that's the fun part of the week the, the hard part should be going against the guys that we've got on roster here and i don't know if talent level is there yet but I feel like it will get there talent-wise. Now, I feel like the staff is going to be constantly just developing guys. I think that's going to be the main component is Nebraska is needed to become a development program. If you can do that with the raw athletes that they're developing, you can compete with a lot of people. You can beat a lot of teams you can get back to essentially what i think most nebraska fans would like or expect which is on a low season you lose seven eight games on a good year 10 11 i mean i great year i should say um so anywhere from a seven to an eleven game, or yeah, win season is is man. If you're cooking in that every year, you're doing some damn good things. That's a program built on consistency at that point. And I think most Nebraska fans would be perfectly fine with that, considering what we've had to suffer through, especially the last eight years. If you can get back to that turn Nebraska back into a developmental program. Now, even, even previously, we've had the players here. Just it was one side of the ball that got developed or the other side of the ball that got developed. It was never offense and defense and special teams. It was always one side or the other, and there was a huge weak spot or a huge blind spot by the head coach in multiple different eras, if you will. So optimistic. I feel like there's plenty of reason to be optimistic. I feel like rule and staff give you not only what they what they know everybody wants to hear, but I feel like it's the actual truth and it's what they believe. The good thing is what we want to hear and what they believe and how they're going to do this thing just happen to be the same thing. So it sounds even better to all of us. I'm excited. It's been a good national signing day with no drama. I think we can call it to a close now. With the number, we'll say on average, probably 25, 25th team in, or recruiting ranking in the country. Not terrible. So, everybody, thank you very much for joining me on Church of the Corn 
on Herd at Sports. Have a great night. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red. A Herd at Sports Network production.